Sabres Field Report. I'm Kyle Carvello. As always, joined by Mr. Drew Olson. Drew, how are you? Living the dream, brother. What's up with you, man? It's raining and New England's bipolar. Uh, yesterday, Sunday was like negative 30. Today it's 54. That's my life. Just so we're clear. I don't think that's really what bipolar means. To me it does, because I don't know how else you describe negative 30 to 54. I mean, when you're using it in a geologic sense, it implies you're talking about the poles. But I think you're talking about it in a psychological sense, which is probably insensitive. But, okay. Well, here we are. Here we are. Um, On today's show, we have uh, Sam Von Brandt. Sam, how are you? Hello, gentlemen. I'm doing well. It's it was, being here. It was a frosty 86 today in Phoenix. A frosty? Ooh, yeah, we're, we're pushing 90 tomorrow, which will be the hottest it's ever been this early, so I'm a bit nervous. It's going to be a spicy summer. I almost had a frostbite on, on Sunday, so look at that. <laughs> what I, I saw that it was, uh, they recorded a temperature of like zero degrees in uh, New York City for the first time in, I don't know, decades. Yeah, that was it was nasty, and it was worse. Like my fiance's uh, car decided not to start because it was so cold, so I attempted to change it to her spark plugs one because it was so cold. They wouldn't kick over in a in that kind of temperature, so I tried to attempt to change them, and then I couldn't feel my hands anymore, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Well, Kyle, you're my spark plug. Thanks, Drew. Such a romantic. <laughs> Such a romantic. Let's do this, eh? Let's talk about there's timbers things to talk about. Let's do it. You're the host. Um, Go. <laughs> Bridgewell is coming back. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. Uh, it's hopefully not injured. I guess he got subbed off under yeah, mysterious he was circumstances. Off from like, I think but, 70 uh, something injured, or you, they pulled him because of injury from the game. Uh, Caleb Porter said he's okay, but you know, hopefully it's just a total knock, nothing serious. Did they say what happened? I never heard of a a, a specific injury, so. Yeah, it was like the official Brighton Twitter account said he was subbed off for injury, but then there was no injury, like no one ever mentioned what or how he was injured. Maybe like, actually I think I read somewhere that it was like some sort of calf pull, but that was through alternate sources, I don't know. Well, he's coming back though, so that's really all that matters, and I I guess with Cludy still being injured, we kind of need him now more than ever, because we don't really have an ETA when a... Cody's actually going to be good to go and match fit and, you know, gelling with the team. Yeah, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that yeah. later, maybe. Yeah, cool. Also, I don't know if anybody cares, but Arsenal will be the all-star opponent. So that's nope. awesome new. Nobody cares. I'm totally looking forward to that, guys. Seriously. <laughs> Where's the all-star game this year? It's going to be in San Jose. San Jose. San Jose? Yep. Yeah, I don't care. He's like, I don't care about the all-star game. But I'll still watch it because, like, I just think it's fun. Like, I, there's no stock involved. Like, I have no problems, you know, drinking and watching soccer. That means absolutely nothing. Yeah. I don't I'm, care about the MLS All-Stars. I just care about seeing Arsenal in America. That's just fantastic. Yeah. They don't come here very often. No, last time they came was when they played the Red Bulls in, like, 14. And that was just to come play the Red Bulls. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Arsene Wenger will start yelling at... Caleb Porter again, or, you know, play the, uh, what's his name? Pep Guardiola role this time. Yep. Yeah. Which I can't or anything. Yeah. How about, uh, the big news, uh, out of our rival that 
Blas Perez signed with Vancouver. The news that everyone's been waiting to hear. That kind of worries me, to be honest with you. I, I was hoping he would leave the league and just be gone. We'd never have to deal with him again, but <laughs> now we have to deal with him from a rival. kind of sucks even more. Yeah, although I don't imagine he'll play much over there. Still, like, he's not the guy you want to deal with from, like, you know, as a sub role, because he's going to be a, just a powerhouse for the last 15, 20 minutes. So if you need a goal late, it's not something you want to have to deal with. Yeah, and, defending teams. Yeah. You know, and his thing is never that he was, like, really great at soccer. It's just he's a jerk. Yeah. He's, like he's a Diego really good Costa, jerk. But not nearly as good type of situation. Yeah. Uh, but actually, the news I was alluding to, of course, is that Obafemi Martins got sold to China. So he got sold to rejoice. China. He got sold to China? Like, he's, he's now Chinese Well, not the country. I'm sure the team <laughs> signed him. But, you know, I don't know the team, do you? Not a clue. Not a clue. The Chinese Super League, you know, is the new, it's the new MLS apparently, where people go to retire. But it's not even go to retire. Like, I mean, they bought some pretty high-profile, you know, kind of prime players from uh, from Europe this season. That's true. That's true. But they're paying them way more than they're worth. The oh situation. yeah. So that's that's what you do when you're Chinese. You know, multi-billion-dollar sale or businessman. You can just buy a soccer team and then buy whoever you want. Doesn't mean much to you. Although if it was really they were following the Chinese America mold, wouldn't they be? Well, this analogy could get out of hand fast, but you know, start with the cheap labor and then sell it to America once it's fully assembled. <laughs> you would assume that's a potential, you know, capitalistic venture for them, but that's not actually going to happen, Drew. Yeah. Fair enough. Are, are you going to Orlando, Kyle? I'm probably not going to Orlando, but I heard that's going to be quite a quite a hot ticket. Did I get yeah. all of them? Yeah, I guess, uh, what is it, uh, I think it's the LA Galaxy and, um, Orlando were down to 100 tickets left for the, uh, Timmer's Army. So, that's okay, exciting. It's, it's, I think we have about two, possibly more, going to LA from the Desert Core. Nobody going to Orlando. You guys pay much attention to USL? Not anymore. I mean, that's because uh, t- of T2, sort of, but... Well, I've, I'm a USL fan. We've got a, a USL team here in Phoenix, and my experience with the Orlando fans makes me want to go nowhere near them. Fair They're enough. Uh, fine on the team. I'm happy for the, the city, the, the regular fans. I know two guys locally that are fans that grew up there, but generally I don't want anything to do with them. So uh, good luck to those supporters that are going out there. Yeah, it seems like that's the general... I mean, part of me is like, maybe, you know, we had a little bit of a situation where team goes from nobody's heard of them, or a lot of people haven't heard of them, to now they're, you know, got 60,000 people going to their games on occasion. So, you know, it might just be that, like, rapid increase in fans. But yeah, I've definitely heard some reports of some pretty uh, shady goings-on in their supporters' areas. But... Who knows? I, it's not all the fans, just like it's not all the fans with most of the places, but just the few that I've seen and what I've experienced in USL, I know they've got to get it sorted. And I feel like there's a place for purple jerseys, so I really hope they, I really hope they do. And I'm going, so. Good for you, Drew. (laughs) Very envious of you. Yeah. Why don't we talk about our special guest? 
let's talk about our special guest. Sam, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, you know, start with you know, who you are, what you do, why are you a Timbers fan? Well, uh, Samantha Von Brandt, I lived in Phoenix now for almost 19 years. Uh, I came out here to go to school and haven't left. Um, became a Timbers fan in 2011 when they got MLS because I never heard of them before that. I obviously an Arsenal fan, and I was like, you know, I got to pay attention to a local or to a U.S. club. Turn on the TV, and Timbers were playing, and I was like, whoa, what is this? The entire stadium was singing, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I like, I think of these fans, and they had these big banners, which I later learned were called Tifo, and great, you know, they scored a goal, and there's this crazy guy with a chainsaw, and I was sold. I was like, okay, I want to be a part of this, and ever since then, I've been following them. it's the fans that attracted me to the club by far. Now, are you from, like, Arizona as a whole, or where are you from? No, I'm from a small desert town in California, but I've been coming here since I was about nine years old. My grandparents have lived here. I spent one summer in Oregon, and I did a lot of training there for work. But, uh, yeah, most, I guess pretty much most of my life now has been in Arizona. Pretty cool. Cool. What uh, Timbers games have you been to? I've been all to all the preseason games in Arizona. Uh, it's so easy. It's just, you know, an hour and a half down I-10, down to Tucson to go. But I finally crossed up off my bucket list and got to go stand with the Timbers Army this year or this last season for the Rapids game, the last game of the year, and it was amazing. I, my goal was to Tetris in the north end, and I did it. I got to cross that off of my bucket list. It was insane. I stood there in the rain, you know, to get my, get my ticket, got my, my wristband, and, uh, Line so, culture, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was insane. I, I didn't. I'm glad that my friends told me, you know, you want to come the day before. You don't want to come the day of the game because I'm thinking like you got your ticket, you go to the game. I had no idea it was a full on day experience. I mean, yeah. from you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, it's just timbers 100. percent It was amazing. That's what it's all about. It's awesome. It's quite a unique experience, to say the least. So, uh, you know, I guess you said. What was your seeing how you've only been to uh, you know the games down there in, in Arizona? What is, what is your favorite Timbers game or preseason game that's taken place down there? Uh, down in Tucson was probably this latest one against Seattle because it was so fun to watch the Seattle fans get so mad at us. Um, now I, I'm all I'm all for gloating and the off season. And after we win the championship, and I, you know, we tone it down a little bit when the season starts, but they think like we should just stop celebrating immediately. It was hilarious. So that was the most fun I've ever had. I did the Nelson, uh, two stick. You guys have probably saw it on the internet. Which yes. one? Yes. The, the Nelson one. Oh yeah. I, I painted that, and I got a lot of love from Seattle fans from that. That was great. That was an awesome one. I love that. It made me happy. So thank you for doing that. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll throw that photo up on the, the show notes of the show so people can check it out if they haven't seen it. That was probably the most packed we've ever had it. It was uh, we took over one entire section. It's section 106 at the far end is on the north end of the stadium, and it was 100% just Timbers Army. Either uh, we had members from like Lone Star Brigade, from um, uh, from LA. We had them from obviously. There's a lot of folks in Portland that came down. It was packed. I mean, we're gonna try to take over the next section over in 105 for next year. That's kind of cool. So you say you've been there every, every uh, year for those. Have you seen the numbers increase? Oh, absolutely. Have they been there three years now? Is that right? Four? Yeah. I think we, did, we started in 12, didn't we? Four years. Okay. Cool. The first year, it was like, there was hardly any folks there. 
Uh, I just wandered up. I saw some people that were chanting PTFC. I'm going to stand with these guys and see what happens. That's kind of uh, the guys are born. We're like, well, there's a lot of us here. Why don't we do something? And every year after that, we started getting together and making TIFO and bringing drums and smoke and getting bigger and louder. Awesome. Is there? Do you guys ever watch games together? Are you guys mostly in Phoenix, or is there all well, over Arizona? We, well, state. We have some members in Flag, some in uh, Tucson. A majority of them are in Phoenix because it's the largest place. You know, there's 4.3 million people in the Phoenix metro area. Um, but yeah, we watch games down Tucson. We watch games in, in Phoenix. There's hopefully we're still going to be at the bars that we, we want to go to. Rosen Crown. We're talking with the management tonight in Phoenix. And then um, most likely in Tucson, there's a brewery off Broadway. Hopefully they'll be going to uh, Pueblo Vida. It's a really nice place. I, I hope they could be able to go back there. Is, is Phoenix a good place for, for soccer? You know, I always think of, like, it is, you know, right next to Texas, even though it's not, you know, not really. But uh, it, it feels like a football town. But then again, you know, it's right next to Mexico, so there's plenty of soccer fans as well. I would say yes and no. Um, there's a huge soccer culture here, but it's mostly for the team that they grew up with, so you get a lot, a lot of Mexico fans. Um, sure. Mexico. Uh, MLS is slowly increasing. Unfortunately, we're outnumbered by Sounders fans, but they're poorly organized. So we're by far, I think we're the only MLS supporters group in Phoenix that actually gets together and watches games. But it's pretty big here. This is actually a baseball town. We host a sure. Have all those teams that come over, so baseball is is top dog here. What uh, so g- jump back to the friendlies real quick. What other? It sounds like the sound, there's some Sounders fans there. Is there other any other organized presence of fans that show up to those games? We've seen um, some Houston, but not really. There's one year that the ECS came out, and that was a really good time. That was in 2014, and they were on the south end, we were on the north end, and that was a good time because we're kind of going back and forth, and they had flags and. And two sticks and everything. So that, that, was a, that was a good time. But nobody really comes out much for the desert friendlies except for us. And when we go, we go full force. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah. So I guess uh, let's jump into our latest game. So on the last show, we did cover the, uh, the Sounders game. So I guess the one we have not covered is the RSL game, which I thought was quite fun. I was able to watch that at work. Uh, it was a... Uh, 1-0 victory for us on a Lucas Milano goal in the first minute. But I think the kind of thing that stole the game was the uh, the Jack McInerney fight. Yeah, I mean, it, it went down as a Milano goal, that first one, but it looked it looked like an own goal to me. Did you guys, did you guys see that highlight? I, I think it got credited as a goal because it kind of on target enough where it conceivably could have been a goal. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a great build-up. The build-up was better than yes. obviously how it went in, but uh, I, don't know, I think it was I think it was regular season that would have been uh, counted as a own goal. But either way, we still won. I'm okay with that. Yeah, not a pretty game, but RSL is I don't know. They're was just sorry. Was any of the monarchs of the USL side up with RSL during training? You know, nothing I know. About. I, I didn't know. Twitter beforehand, I'm pretty sure it said that most of the uh, the RSL lineup was a first team, or, or similar to a first team. Yeah, Raimondo played, and uh, Mosivian, that was his debut, I think, right? Yes. Um, after rejoining them, it was definitely, they had some of their top players. The reason I ask is the Monarchs, uh, they are uh, pretty violent, 
in the USL. Um, they're well known for it. They're just a bunch of kids. So I thought that my first thought was, oh, it's the kids from the Monarchs and picking a fight with the big boys. No, I mean it was it was a little. Bit, I think it was Jermaine Taylor got fouled by someone, and then Jack Mack ended up putting Masivian and was it Masivian that he put in a headlock? I don't know if Masivian was put into the headlock, but I know he actually no, I think he broke up the headlock. But it was okay. he caused the fight, didn't he? Like he did he, yeah. he say something to Jack Mack or? Well, no, it started because there was a big foul, and then the RSL maybe that's what Masivian did is they kicked the ball at uh, yeah, Jermaine yep. Taylor. And turning a little scrum, and there was kind of the courtesy preseason red card, which was you guys are out, but we'll let you sub and not yeah. actually show the red card, but yep. you're not welcome back on the field. Uh, yeah, it was it was amusing. I don't, you know, I didn't. I felt like I didn't learn as much as I did the other preseason games. Um, I could just because I don't know, not a lot happened other than that, you know. What the fight was in like the 25th or 30th minute. The goal was in the first minute. Didn't seem like much happened after that, but I don't know. I mean, I guess at this point it's all kind of like we're waiting to see what's going on with Kludi, I suppose. What's happening there? I mean, I mean, Eric Avila, one of the trialists, he's no longer with the team. We've we've released him, but like I kind of liked the addition of having him as a depth piece. I'm not quite sure. I thought he was good enough in the you know all the friendlies that we saw. That he definitely could have been a depth piece. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right. I would also say that kind of below average defensive midfielders aren't exactly hard to come by. But so you know, we played him out of position, and I thought he did all right. That's the reason why I thought he was a good additional depth piece for us. Yeah, I mean. But again, like, I'm not that upset that we're not though. keeping him either. Like, he wasn't, like, this, you know, monumental force that, you know, he could have turned our season around if we give him some more time. Right. My guess is they'll probably just want to get someone a little younger that they can try to develop. I mean, he's not going to get any better than he already is and has been around the block. You know, there's obviously some veteran leadership that could come along with that, but I don't know. He's probably not, Whoever that player ends up being is probably not going to see the field. Uh, and I guess that's a good transition. I guess uh, Merritt tweeted, and then of course deleted earlier this week that supposedly Henri is going to get signed by the Thorns, and that this mysterious winger for the Timbers—they have two players in mind. Uh, that was confirmed by Jamie Goldberg, too, if I'm not mistaken. Well, she took a screenshot of the tweet. I think is. Well, yeah. Uh, did a... she confirm with the team? I well? thought. She, I thought. Kale Porter, she quoted Kale Porter saying that as well, but I might be mistaken. Oh, that could be, yeah. But, man, it's this mysterious winger that we've been hearing about for a month and a half now. That'll be interesting to see. But, I, you know, I think we've said it before that this person is depth. But the question is, is he depth now? Potential future starter, like, are we buying somebody young who can play now, but, you know, a couple years down the road might be, you know, our number one winger? I don't think so, because we have those guys, right? Like, Espria and Milano are in their early 20s. I don't think that they're going to try to get someone, you know, a 16-year-old. I mean, who knows? My guess is that they'll go with someone with a little more experience that is fine coming off the bench, you know, as a late-game son. Or maybe, you know, I think it does make sense to go for a little more defensive-minded, because Espria and Milano don't play deep defense. 
very much. So I would imagine it'll be more defensive-minded. You know, and you think there, this is more, you know, kind of a replacement for Rodney Wallace, who's yeah, definitely more defensive-minded than either one of our current wingers. So it'll be interesting, obviously, to see. But obviously, again, we have no idea. It sounds like this is a player coming from outside of MLS. I mean, see, I don't... Pet speculation, but... I, think, yeah, I don't know where he's coming from, but I, I feel like there's been no mention or rumors or anything about who this winger or, you know, one of these two wingers could be. I, no, we'll see. Sam, you got any take on this? Not really, no. <laughs> um, I'm just anxious for the season to start. You know, the friendlies have been fun and all, but uh, I think it's... I'm anxious for the, the season. I'm, I'm anxious to see the boys back out there. Fair enough. That seems like a good transition to go to the simple tournament, though. It's easy. It is easy. Um, except for the one thing I have a concern about going into this tournament is uh, is our back line. And that's kind of like I think are going to be concerned possibly all year with just the because Viafano is such an essential piece, and I mean, it's kind of where uh, attack went to die for opposing teams, and losing that definitely sucks. And if Clody's not going to be ready to go from you know, the end of this tournament for opening day, it's, it's kind of a hit, because Ridgewell is definitely better in the middle of the park as opposed to playing out wide. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Jamie Goldberg had a piece on this a couple of days ago, which was Caleb Porter kind of hinting at the fact that Jermaine Taylor, who has looked good in, in Tucson, what might move over, or sorry, play in the center, and then uh, Ridgewell would go over to the left, which is where he'd been playing in Brighton. But I think the Viafania comparison is apt because Viafania, known more for his, well, not necessarily more, but great getting forward, getting crosses in, doesn't seem like that's the kind of player that uh, Ridgewell is going to be, right? Like, he's definitely going to stay at home more and sit back uh, and be more defensive, at least if he plays any way like he does as a center back. So I, I do wonder if that'll mess up the tack a little bit if Milano who likes to get forward, is with Ridgewell, who likes to sit back. It might create a little bit of a, a gulf there between the wing and the defense. So, I don't know. It definitely hinders our attack, I mean, if he's playing out wide. And unfortunately, there's no ETA for when Cody's going to be good to go, so we might actually need to get used to this lineup, this back line, I should say. Yeah. Sam, did you see anything, the games that you went to, that made you think that you liked any of the defenders that were out there um, to, to start? Well, every time the ball came over onto the north end, all you saw was a big big red beard. Um, so I think that he's going to, and Borges is going to play a huge part when it comes to the defense. I, seriously, every time the ball went in, it was just big red beard. That's all you saw. So I'm, I'm, I'm not as worried about it as a lot of folks are. Yeah, I think, I think you're onto something there than that he's going to, be relied on to probably cover up a lot of the mistakes, and he probably will, because he's good at that. I mean, the nice thing is, Jermaine Taylor is an MLS center back. He's, he's done this before. He's not new to it, and I guess I shouldn't say... I'm so worried about the... Ridgewell seems like the weak spot now, because I think he's definitely better, for us at least in our system, as a center back. And, you know, without those overlapping runs that Viafania would make, it just seems like you're, that, that side's a lot weaker now, regardless of who's playing in the midfield. Yeah, and Jeremy Taylor's played on on the outside uh, defense. I guess he did even last season a little bit, but didn't really stick there for Houston. 
Anytoma looked pretty good from what I saw in the preseason. It doesn't sound like Porter is really considering that. He's still pretty young. But uh, that's definitely, I would say, the biggest question mark to start the season, right? I mean, we can pretty much pencil in the starting lineup, you know, injuries aside, except for who's going to be starting in the center of defense and the left side. So I guess we got a week of simplicity to uh, figure it out. So what is, uh, let's talk about some of these uh, simple invitational games. Uh, on Sunday the 21st, this upcoming Sunday, we're playing Minnesota United. Uh, Wednesday the 24th, we're playing Vancouver. And we end it on the 27th versus Chicago. When is Minnesota Joan MLS? Next year uh, or the year after? I think it's 17. But, but isn't it, does it depend on their stadium? Yeah, I it thought it was 18. Be, it could be 18. Fair enough. Cool. Well, they're, you know, they're probably going to take it more seriously than any of the other teams, I would imagine. Just I, I'd assume you'll probably see it as, like, a, you know, their starting improve. 11, probably for a solid, you know, 75, 80 in that one, just because, you know, they have nothing to lose. They're probably trying to get ready for MLS prep to see what the, uh, the grind's going to be like. They're USL, right, Sam? Or NASL. NASL? Okay, sorry about that. Uh, right on. Well, and I wonder if they have any fans traveling. They, they have a pretty good supporters group, from my understanding, so that'd be interesting. It would definitely be cool when they uh, when they join the league, though, just to have another team kind of in that, uh, I don't want to say, you know, You want to go West. to away days in Minnesota, Kyle? Why not? <laughs> I would go to Columbus. If you're, if, you know, you know, it, could, it could be an awesome atmosphere, like Columbus, you know. You wouldn't expect that to be a cool stadium to go to, but it is. Yeah, but it's also 30 degrees warmer most of the time. We play in the summer, Drew. This is in Europe. <laughs> All right. I was saying, I think it would be cool just to have, well, I mean, not even just to go to the games, but like, just to have another team kind of in that, like, you know, not California area. It's true. It's bordering on flyover country there. Yeah. And there's, what, I guess, what would be the team closest? Is that Toronto? To Minnesota? Yeah. That's talking like Chicago. Or, or I guess Chicago, of course. Yeah, that's a stupid question. Chicago is probably the closest. Yeah, I forgot about Chicago. It's a small city. Yep. Speaking of Chicago, they're the third game. Uh, I don't have anything to say about Chicago. I don't think anybody has anything to say about Chicago. Yeah. No, I mean, well, they shipped out Harry, or they, yeah. they shipped out Harry Ship, which is kind <laughs> of a, I didn't think they were that stupid, but, you know, here I am, them being that stupid. Yeah, to, to Montreal, which is interesting, because I think he could be useful to them. But, uh, yeah, I Chicago, think they have... That, that well, Montreal midfield, that looks pretty dangerous. Yeah. Especially Drogba in front of them, like, I'm sorry, but... On paper, they stand, you know, top three in the East, which is not a huge thing, but, you know, good for them. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, they're they're bad. Chicago is bad. Montreal... It's not Chicago is bad. They're stupid. I mean, like, they're, they're making bad decisions. Like They're the Colorado of the West, of the East. I, mean, I think they're... I think they're <laughs> at this point, I think they're worse than Colorado. Like, vastly worse than Colorado. Oof. Wow. That's a I think, race to the bottom. I don't know. I, I think I feel like Colorado tries to 
I feel Colorado's mistakes are because of inexperience. I feel that the ownership in Chicago has had enough time, and they're just idiots. So two different reasons of being crappy, I suppose. Well, I mean, at least Chicago seems like they're trying, because, you know, they have brought in guys like Igbonanike and David Akam and Sean Maloney briefly, whereas Colorado is apparently, like, ginning up rumors that they were going for Tim Howard, which were apparently not true. Like, they just seem totally out of touch. Pablo Mastroianni does not seem like a good coach, let alone GM. I don't know. They just seem totally lost. I mean, I guess... Bedoya almost went there, which is kind of shocking because he's been playing so well for Nantes lately. Or Nant- I don't know how to speak French. That was the Spanish pronunciation. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they just seem like they're going nowhere really slowly. Not our problem. We just won the MLF Cup. <laughs> That's, that could be our answer to everything, really. Yeah. And, uh, Drew, you actually posted on the East Coast Platoon page that didn't MLS like accidentally try to sell the Columbus Crew MLS Cup hats? Yeah, I mean, I think it's still alive, isn't it? Does the link still Is work? Is it still alive? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's uh, yeah, there's MLS Cup champion 2015 Columbus Crew hats for sale. $31, too. Or $32, I think. Snapbacks. So, get them while they're hot. Thank you, Drew. I think the joke on uh, East Coast Platoon was that uh, they were supposed to be given to the starving children in Africa, but they didn't want them. Which is <laughs> morbid and sad. Uh, also, we didn't talk about this at the beginning of the show, but our, our jersey came out. Our weight jersey came out. You want to talk about that? It has Sex. butt flaps. I like it. This... I think it looks great. Yeah, I... This is definitely an improvement to the Chevron, if you ask me. I I like it a lot. I do think the butt flap thing is a weird weird situation. If you look at that uh that photo of uh Borchers when he debuted it, you can't see where the jersey ends and the shorts begin. Yeah. Which is just I don't know. It seems weird, but uh yeah, no, I'm a I'm a big fan. Uh, I like I like the red. I like red when you do it right. It's uh. I'm just happy you're doing luck. hoops. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely like our, our gradient hoop, hoops. Hoop-esque. I wouldn't quite call it hoops. What do you No, it's not, I mean? tr- it's not a true hoop. No, you're definitely correct. And, of course, uh, when that released, I, I'm a huge jersey whore. I have every Timbers kit that's been out so far. It's in the MLS era. So a jersey whore. Out, so you're, like, yes. you hang out with Snooky a lot? Yeah, no, obviously. I know. Um, <laughs> in the summertime, I have uh, orange skin, you know, spray tan, <laughs> yeah. obviously. I, okay. I didn't think I need to go into that, but, you know. So uh, when that came out, I, I got the I pre-ordered the authentic with the star and uh, Nagby on the back. Oh, no, uh, oh, sweet! You already ordered it? Oh yeah, pre-ordered. That's awesome, man! That's exciting. Yep. Oh yeah, I'm pumped. That star is gonna look really nice. It's it's the showcase of it all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We had a uh, after MLS Cup, we were handing out. Uh, someone brought like hundreds or maybe thousands of. Uh, you know, like when you get a paper in elementary school and they, the teacher would pull a little star, star on it? it. Yeah. putting that over everyone's jersey. It was pretty sweet. still you have mine. Tagging all of Tucson with those stars, a little packet of gold stars. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Everybody there. everybody got a gold star. Those are cheaper than new kits. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And um, just so I want to talk about jerseys. I'm assuming we've all seen Columbus's new away jersey. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love it. It's so terrible. I didn't think it could be that bad. They look like minions. They do look minions, don't they? It was interesting. Is like there's so much hate on Twitter with that that new the full kit that they embraced it and they did the. They're talking about like the nasty tweets or whatever it was. They made a video. It was fantastic. I I appreciate that they they took it. <laughs> yeah, but still, like somebody's got to. Re- whose idea like, was like this is this is what we got to do. We got to base on the flag. It's got to look like this. It was great. Well, what someone was like. Uh... One of the uh, the tweets was the loser of MLS Cup has to make their jersey look like a popsicle the next season or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one. Yep, exciting stuff. Out of curiosity, uh, not really related to the Timbers immediately, but at some point we're gonna have to play the LA Galaxy. What do we currently think of the LA Galaxy setup? Like the the players they brought in with Ashley Cole, Nigel De Jong. I. I mean, they have Dos Santos, they have Lampard, they have Robbie Keane. I mean, if if this team existed five years ago, it'd be one of the best teams in the world, right? Uh, I think they'll they'll be good because they always are, but it's a real question of whether everyone's going to fit together, right? Because that was the deal with Dos Santos last year's. They were streaking. They were the LA Galaxy was like one of the better teams, uh, I think it was around the All-Star break, and then Dos Santos came and kind of settled in, and they just kind of petered out towards the end of the season. What kind of happened, in my opinion, is their defense kind of fell apart. And you bring in a guy like Joel Van Dam, who is, you know, he's a pretty good Belgian center back. Like he's, he's got quite a bit of experience at standard Liège. And then you have Nigel de Jong, who's one of the better number sixes in the world. You know, probably not right now, but he's all-time, he's considered to be quite high up, and, you know, if we look at what Kyle Becker's done, Kyle Beckman done at Salt Lake, and he's, he's what, 36? I mean, a, a quality number six in this league means a lot, so. Yeah, but I. I mean, DeYoung's still only 31, I mean. Yeah. He's gonna Yeah, be, honestly, I haven't watched DeYoung since he did a karate kick in the World Cup, so I have not been up to date on him, admittedly. But uh, I'm always, you know, it's just like Lampard was terrible last season. Robbie Keane's the only player they have that I'm like, that I know is going to be really good. I mean, I guess it's worth noting, too, that they now have Dan Kennedy, who's a huge upgrade over Donovan Ricketts. But also, he's one of those guys, Dan Kennedy, that like always gets mentioned as underrated to the point where he's actually overrated. I see and what you're saying, and I think that's the, very true as a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if that's still the case. Like, I mean, all the advanced metrics on Kennedy are bad. Like, he has been one of the worst te- uh, keepers statistically for the last, like, four years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, four years in a row, not including last year, he was the worst keeper in MLS according to expected goals, in that he allowed more goals than the normal keeper would expect. Well, can you also not justify or you know give him some slack because he played for Chivas well yeah you you probably can um but again expected goals is based off of where the shots are coming from so maybe the shots that came at him were less obstructed than the average shot or something like that but if you know the replacement level keeper was put put in the spot where Dan Kennedy is you would generally say they would stop more than than he did so sure who knows? I mean, it's not exactly a sustainable metric, so 
again, take it with a grain of salt, but I think I think he gets hyped up more than he deserves necessarily. But this is the first time he'll ever have played for a team consistently that doesn't suck. So yeah. Again, if I don't, if the Galaxy, if you know, all their new pieces can gel quickly, and like, I kind of see them playing a four-one-four-one almost, just if you you'll get you know you know De Young defending the back line, and you know if you're attacking four, attacking five, you know Keen up top. If they can gel quickly, I think they're posed to do well now, not next year. Now, I think next year, like you're kind of pushing the limits on some players. So they kind of, I mean. They will, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last year of Bruce Arena's contract, so you know maybe he wants you know one last hurrah of a quality Galaxy team. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I feel like we've said that about their roster before, as well. But yeah, they they do seem to be even older than historically. And but again, like you no, know, if anyone can do it, it's Bruce Arena. The dude has proven himself to probably be the best coach in MLS history. So. I don't know. Alright, I think uh, anyone else want to add anything else to the show? When are you guys coming down to Arizona? We'll see you out here next year? I, I would love about. to. My, family, my fiance has family in Arizona, so we actually were intending on going at some point. So if we can cater that around to the uh, preseason games, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a four-day-long away game. Uh, there's a lot right? in Arizona. So you come down on, like, usually a game on a Wednesday and a game on a Saturday. So you fly in on Wednesday, you know, go to the game, and then you got two days to explore southern Arizona. you got Tombstone and all kinds of uh, saguaro, cactus, uh, all kinds of stuff to see. So hiking, a lot of hiking, and the weather's yeah. really nice. Man, I would love to go. Yeah, my uh, <clears throat> my godparents live in Tucson, so I would definitely have a place to stay. And it just seems like a super fun scenario, right, where you got multiple games in a short, relatively short amount of time. Right. Probably don't have to wait in line all day to get good seats. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to make it out there. It's like spring training, you know. Yeah, pe- right. It's, it's the soccer version of spring training, and it's also in Arizona. So. <laughs> Drew, maybe we'll have to go out there collectively and do a, a field report from the field. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That would be meta. A field That'd report cool, from the field. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, they're supposed to be closed training, but you can go walk right up to the stadium and watch the boys play and practice. Nobody's oh, cool. That's cool. So if you're, like, just one hardcore and watch nothing but you know, Timbers, you can do that, too. Find Diego Chara without his dreads. Right. It's <laughs> wild. Get a picture of it. Yeah. Proof. <laughs> cool. All right. Sam, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate yeah. it, too. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll see you in Arizona in about a year. You can hear it on the radio.